Welcome to the BABCLA's live Zoom webinar, converted to a podcast. Each episode, you'll hear enlightening interviews on timely subjects with British and American experts across industry. Good morning, everybody. My name is James Langridge, and I am the president of the British American Business Council here in Los Angeles. We're back again for another live webinar update with myself, and more importantly, Jonathan Cowley of Cornish Travel, a tenured member of these live webinars now, a fellow board member and a great friend. And Jonathan, we're delighted to have you back. You're, you're heavily invested in the world of travel and tourism. You work at Cornish Travel. You've worked there for some time. You've had a, a long career in the airline industry as well. And you've been wonderful at keeping us updated. You know, we've got lots of questions this morning. We're going to do a quick fire round of questions today because sure. we've got people on here who are eager to hear what's going on. Okay. Why don't you, since, since we last spoke, which was a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. if you could give me a couple of sentences of an update on sure. certain things. Let's kick it off with that. Tell the people who are listening who you are, and then um, we're going to kick off with some other questions. Take it away. Sure. Well, uh Jonathan, I'm the VP of uh, Sales and Client Services at Cornish Travel. We're a West Hollywood-based travel management company. And we, uh, we look after both corporate customers, leisure customers. We even have our own Africa division where we do tailor-made safaris to Africa. And um, we've been since the outset, probably since February when things started kicking off, we started bringing people back from all over the globe. We have a number of corporate customers, universities that had people living or working in China, Europe, etc. So we brought back literally hundreds of people as soon as COVID-19 reared its ugly head. And since then, um, as I'm sure everybody can appreciate, travel uh, has been reduced significantly. But it's great to see that in the last maybe couple of weeks, maybe even a month, that people are beginning to travel again. Uh, we are beginning to see people traveling both domestically and you know, internationally. There are people going to the Caribbean. The Caribbean definitely is a, a destination that's reopening um, with pretty strict regulations. You have to have PCR tests or, or COVID-19 testing prior to entering the country. But the most exciting piece is that we're seeing Brits traveling. Since we last spoke, James, um, I can't tell you how many people we, we've helped return from the UK or go back to the UK. And the numbers are rising. That's what I spend my day doing is speaking to Brits, which is fabulous. But people are beginning to travel again. So it, it's great. It's great news. No, that, that's wonderful, Jonathan. I'm glad to hear it. So many different things going on. Still that level yeah. of uncertainty. So it's just yeah. great to um, have you here today to kind of give yeah. us some clarity on it. Why don't we ask you this? In regards to entry requirements, yeah. what are they? What are the new requirements if you're, if you're British or US passport holder entering, entering the US? People coming here, I know you've dealt with that with a couple of people recently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any changes there? So entering the US is still pretty much the way it was for the last couple of months. Well, ever since the government brought in a restriction on anybody coming in from China, from uh, Schengen countries, uh, UK, that is still in place. So you cannot enter the US if you have been in the UK in the last 14 days. So obviously it's a catch-22 because if you want to jump on a British Airways flight, how can, how can you achieve that? So um, at this stage, um, we've been assisting 
a number of travelers with coming back via Caribbean, Mexico. We've got a number of people coming back from Cancun, Barbados. In fact, we had three people come in from Barbados on Saturday. Um, but because a number of Caribbean islands have, have shut down travel effectively for Americans traveling to and from, although most of them now, you, as long as you have a negative COVID-19 test, you can come in. Um, but as a result, the volumes or, or the number of passengers on flights originating in the U.S. have dropped so much that the U.S. carriers that are operating there, they've unfortunately had to cancel some flights. So what we've been doing is actually booking people back by Canada because the restrictions for Canadians are a lot less stringent. So for these people coming back from Barbados, we flew them from Barbados to Toronto. They had to overnight in Toronto, but not enter the country because Brits and Americans cannot enter the Canada right now. So they had to stay for 14 hours in the arrivals area at, uh, or the transit area at Toronto airport. And then the following morning, they came back down to Chicago. So there are options. I mean, Turkey is another option. We've got people spending 14 nights in Turkey. Turkish Airlines have a direct service to LAX. So as long as you time it with the day they leave, Croatia, that's another option as well. So there are means and ways, but the short answer is no, you cannot fly direct from London to Los Angeles. You have to prove you've been outside of the UK for 14 days. However, there's always exceptions. There's always ways to get around the rules. And we've actually yeah. today brought in nine travelers that we've been able to get exemptions for to travel direct from London to Los Angeles. There's no rule, um, meaning there's no there's no silver bullet uh, as to how they got in. But the authorities are now uh, in LA accepting applications from us for individuals who would like to enter the US directly, um, as long as it can be justified. And the rule of thumb is that as long as the individual can prove that it's in the national interest, that's the terminology they use, that it's in the US national interest that they return to the US as soon as possible, they will consider a waiver. Um, and the majority of people we've assisted have been in the entertainment industry. Uh, for example, uh, we've brought in a, a couple of TV hosts. We've brought in cameramen who have special licenses for diving, for example. But there are ways to get around the current restrictions um, as long as it can be justified. And, and happy to, aside from this call, happy to discuss with anybody who'd like to take this conversation further. Thanks, Jonathan. Um, lots of information shared there. Thank you for that. And good morning, everyone who's listening. It's great to see you all here. Some very familiar names. Birgit, I love you. Thank you for joining. Uh, we have Ian on here um, asking some questions. Rob Fox will get to you as well. My question first, though, Jonathan, is people in America like to travel as well. Sure. And there was a news article recently where there's not many countries in the world which will allow us to travel to right now because we're just such a high risk. How are you dealing with that? Are you, uh, what, what's the status with that? Well, you know, the old staycation is very popular right now. We're getting, uh, you know, people, myself, I'm, I'm looking at Palm Springs for a short break. So certainly that we are seeing people looking at opportunities closer to home, but we've also been helping people go down to Mexico. I mean, there are people going down to Mexico for a break because a number of resort areas are open and you know to be honest the feedback i've had from customers uh, has been how impressed they are with the, the levels of, of safety that they've experienced you know with the deep cleaning the having 
obviously the usual hand sanitizer everywhere, social distancing. So we're, we're focusing on destinations that are American friendly and the Caribbean is definitely an area that is friendly. We just uh, had a customer fly to Antigua just the other day and they do require that you get a negative COVID-19 test prior to departing. And each one is slightly different. Some are seven day, you have to get testing within seven days. Some are um, testing within 72 hours. And to be honest, that really is the future. I mean, testing it for, for passengers is the future. And happy to share a bit more about that shortly because there's some exciting developments in that arena. Um, but one just thing, quick, very quickly, James, just wanted to clarify that for Brits coming into the US, if they are um, a dual citizen, so obviously if they're holding a US passport, they can fly direct from London to Los Angeles. There's no restriction there. The only expectation is, is that they then go into quarantine for 14 days when they arrive in the US. But that also applies so, to... So, let, let, me, let yeah. me jump in there, Jonathan, and because that's a really good point. And yeah. in fact, it ties in with Ian Lehman's question. Good morning, Ian. Great to have yeah. you on here. I'm just going to ask this for you because we're short on time today. Yeah. But does that apply? Ian's question is just to clarify, none of this applies to Brits who hold green cards. So when you're saying Brits who have a dual citizenship, citizenship is different to a green card. So how does that work in this instance? It's both. So if you're, a, if you're an actual citizen of the US or you hold a green card, you are exempt of these regulations, meaning you can fly direct from London to Los Angeles. Thanks for clarifying that, Jonathan. I'm sorry I jumped in on you there, but no, I just no wanted worries. to. That was, it was no pertinent at that point. So, you know, there is so much going on at the moment. I know you've got a lot to share today. Yeah. But one of the questions that have come up, and you and I have talked about this already, but tell everyone a little bit more about I me. Mean, Virgin Atlantic has made a recent announcement. There's a lot of hype around it. Yeah. Can you just tell us what, in layman's terms, what's going on? Well, um, the best term is business as usual for the passenger. I mean, Virgin Atlantic, very excited. They're now operating again LAX to, to Heathrow. Um, the Virgin, I think it's the VS24, which leaves at 825 at night. So they're now operating it daily from Los Angeles to London. Is that, the a, is, is that the new A350, Jonathan? Um, yes, they're now operating the A350, so uh, a nice, shiny new aeroplane. Um, right. and, uh, and BA, who are operating daily and have been for a while now, they're operating their 7879. So both very nice, clean, new aeroplanes. But Virgin's situation is that the media have kind of run with it, and unfortunately it's been reported a lot of cases that they've filed for bankruptcy, which is not the case. Um, what they have done is they've filed for Chapter 15 in the USA, which is effectively, it's a protocol which, which uh, informs that they are, uh, restructuring is in place. Yeah. And it's just a formality in the US for a company that has US assets. So for the traveler, business as usual, you can use your points. If you've got any credits on Virgin Atlantic because your flight was elected to cancel because of COVID-19, everything is valid, business as usual. Do you see any, um, you know, the, the two main players that everyone's familiar with is BA and Virgin. You know, there are other airlines that fly. Do you see yeah. there's an opportunity here for anyone else to enter this international arena? Yes, I do. And I think that there are not so much from, from the West Coast, but certainly from the East Coast, there are a couple of other US carriers that are determined to restart, or not to restart, to start operating from New York to London because... What we've got to realize is because of all this reduction in flying, there are slots out there available now. So airlines right. are able to pick these up and operate to UK airports. It's, that has always been the issue 
as why a lot haven't started operating is because they couldn't get hold of slots. Well, now they're overflowing with slots. So yes, I think we are going to see more carriers re-entering the UK US market. Excellent, thanks. All right, let's jump in here. Rob Fox, good morning. Um, Rob Fox is asking, how are the best ways for someone with an American passport to get to London? Is it possible? I think you may have answered this, Jonathan, but sorry for going over it again. Is it possible directly or via another country? It sounds like we can fly directly. So yeah, holding a US passport actually is the ideal because holding a US passport, the UK requires, regardless of nationality, that you do a 14-day quarantine. So if you're a Brit, you have to go and do 14 days quarantine in the UK. There was some talk earlier about the issue with Spain. The UK was talking about reducing the quarantine to 10 days, but that was just purely from people coming from Spain. But right now, if you've got a US passport, you can fly direct, quarantine for 14 days, and then when you're ready to fly home, you can fly direct London to, to Los Angeles. So no problem at all. Got it. Okay. Um, they're sticking, sticking with airlines at the moment. I don't know if it's just a confidence thing or it's just a fear. People are in fear at the moment. But if we, business travelers have probably been putting up this for a little bit longer, but people who just want to make, take a trip, is it, mm -hmm. is it okay domestically or is it being frowned on to take a non-essential trip at the moment on an airline? What are, you, what are you seeing, and then what is it like, and a follow-up to that, what's it like actually getting on the plane? So one of the things I think we should, should address first is the mask question. So right. um, the airlines, there is no federal mandate. So right now you can't smoke on a plane because the federal government says you'll get arrested if you do. Uh, there is no federal mandate, but uh, the airlines across the board, U.S. carriers, are requiring individuals to wear masks both in the airport and also while on board the aircraft. There are, as we've all heard, medical exemptions, but they are you know, pretty tough. I mean, you can't just say I'm claustrophobic. It has to be some sort of medical issue. And the airlines are denying people travel and they are maintaining lists of people that refuse to wear masks. So from my perspective, that makes me feel good that, that you know, the airlines are doing their bit to try and prevent the spread. Is there, is there a way to get, if you, let's say, you know, that happened, if, if, yeah. if in the beginning you didn't want to, you were reluctant to wear a mask, the airlines refused to entry, now you put your hands up and say, I'm sorry, you know, I understand the severity of this situation. Will you ever get off that list or are you blacklisted forever? That's a really good question. And huh. uh, do you know what? I will, I will find out. You know, the, the airlines have forever had lists ever since 9-11. There has been, you know, protocols that have been implemented with regard to individuals on, on these lists. So it's just a similar situation, but they haven't actually said whether it's a permanent list or if it's something that you're, you know, you can come off after six months. So I'll, I'll check on that. Sure. I'll look into that. Yeah. Just to say, so flying domestically. Yeah. I mean, the, the U.S. carriers are ramping up their domestic operations. We're not seeing the 20 flights a day between LA and New York, but we definitely are seeing an increase in services and people are traveling for both essential and non-essential reasons. And, you know, the airlines, there isn't a consistent approach. Um, so right now, for example, if you fly on Delta or JetBlue, they are both now continuing to block middle seats. So you will have an element of social distancing. Do you think that's going to increase cost of travel? Jonathan. At some point it will, won't it? It has, it has to. I, I think there is no, no way that the airlines can continue in the long term operating half-empty flights or 40% lower reduction. So I think in the long run, um, you will see pricing increase. 
However, the challenge is that some airlines, uh, so you've got American and United right now, are not blocking the middle seat. So if you get on a American and United flight, there is potential you could be shoulder to shoulder with fellow passengers. And they have implemented a, a very good process whereby they will send a message to any passengers booked on flights that are full to inform them that you're going to be on a flight which is full. Uh, and they give them the option then to change if they want to a, another flight that's less full. Um, obviously, that's no guarantee that the next flight isn't as full as the one you were booked on. Um, right. So, so it's an interesting approach, but both JetBlue and Delta have committed to continuing for the short term with blocking middle seats. And also the other thing that they've implemented, uh, most airlines now, is that they board from the rear of the aircraft forwards meaning that it reduces the potential for people touching people as they go through the aisles. So it's always good to be at the gate on time, because if you're at the back Absolutely. of the plane, you'll be boarding first. Absolutely. When does this ever end, Jonathan? Hey, you know, if I knew that question, I, I'd be lounging in my villa in Mexico. You wouldn't um, have to be talking to me. You wouldn't be talking <laughs> to me today. I, I'd still do that, James. I love these chats. I love oh, these chats. You're my, you're um, right. No, but so well, where's this going? Well, obviously, we're all hoping that there's going to be a vaccine coming out next year, hopefully. Mm. And of course, you know, it's not going to be an overnight success because there's going to be priorities as to who will get the vaccine first. And also, you know, that, so at the moment, we don't even know if that's going to be the case. We all hope and pray and it's looking positive. But the future is, you know, from my perspective, because I've had quite a few discussions with companies that are looking at increasing or bringing in new types of testing. And there's a, a company in the UK that um, is actually right now working with the UK government for implementing testing at Heathrow Airport. <clears throat> so the plan would be you'd actually have a test on departure at Heathrow and they would have a, a lab set up at Heathrow meaning that the turnaround time would be approximately four to five hours for the test results to come back. So effectively, you are as good as negative as you can be before your flight, because a lot mm -hmm. of these countries that require testing right now are saying, oh, you can test within seven days, but that's no guarantee that within those seven days, you haven't now contracted COVID-19. So I think the Absolutely. future is, is testing, but the issue is uh, you can have all these testing protocols in place, but you've got to have the government on the other end of the route agreeing to accept those test results. Um, so that's what yeah. they're working through right now. But the UK-US market is their primary target. That's mm. what they're working on right now. And I, I hope in the next month or so, I'll have some more positive information related to that. Thank you, Jonathan. Okay, we've got a couple of great questions here. I'm going to see sure. if we're going to ask this. Let's do a quick fire one. Annabelle Gray, I know you might have been waiting for us to answer. And Eamon, we're going to get to you shortly, okay? Thank you for being here as well, everybody. And if you are listening in today and you're not sure how to ask a question, look at the bottom of the screen. There's a Q&A tab. Write me a question. Uh, we'll either bring you in live to ask it or I'll ask it myself if we have time. Annabelle Gray, good morning. Jonathan, two questions here. One, are the direct London Heathrow and LAX flights social distancing? Is it worth upgrading to get better social distancing? I've asked that myself before. I think I know the answer, but I'm going to let you answer it. And two, are BA extending ticket time limits because of COVID? So, okay, so the first part of the question, the direct flight social distancing. So the current loads on the flights are so low, the airlines are reporting 
loads somewhere between 30 to 60 passengers per flight. So on an aircraft that can take nearly 300 people, we're looking at you know 10 to 20 percent load factors. Wow, that's amazing! I didn't know individuals, that. Individuals, yeah, it, it, at the moment it's very very low, and the fact you've now got Virgin and BA operating, potential there is that you're just going to see even less passengers on Thank the flights. Thank you. So at the moment, the people we have booked back to London, all of them have reported that they've had a row to themselves, or if they're travelling with a loved one, they've had the middle seat empty. With regard to upgrading to get better social distancing, absolutely. I mean, obviously, if you move into premium economy or you move into business class, there are less seats. A good example on BA and Virgin, their business class product effectively has a, a wall between each passenger. So definitely traveling in, in business class on BA or, or Virgin would improve the, the blocking of transmission between passengers. And all the airlines are extending time limits. I mean, it's a moving feast. Most of them are allowing you to use funds through the end of 2021. But again, I think this is something that's being reviewed or is being reviewed on a daily basis. And obviously, based on where COVID-19 goes and whether or not we, bring, we get a, access to a vaccine, I think you're going to continue to see that moving. But in answer to Annabelle's question, yes, BA has extended the, the time limit. And in the past, you were required, if you cancelled your ticket and then uh, wanted to rebook, they do charge a change fee. But in the past, when you cancelled, you had to rebook immediately for your next flight. Well, now they've said, just cancel, and when you're ready, come back to us. So there's definitely a lot more flexibility. Jonathan, thank you for that. I'm going to see, Eamon, I'm sorry. I'm going to see if I can get you to join us. Eamon, are you there? Hi, good morning, Eamon. Thank you so Hi, much for being here. Sure. This is very good. Thanks very much, James. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining. We're delighted to have you. I thought we'd bring you in so you could ask your question live to Jonathan. Yeah, I was just following up on the good points about the restrictions. So my understanding, I've got dual citizenship, Jonathan. I have both EU right. and US passports. So my, right. I just want to check the quarantine thing. But my understanding in simple terms is because each country ex exempts its own citizens, while I live in the US, I could fly to the EU on my EU passport and then I could fly back to the US on my US passport, but in each case, I would have to do the 14-day quarantine or not? That's the question there at the end. So if you go on the CDC website, CDC, it's recommended. And I can tell you now that the exemptions that we have received, uh, one of the discussions we had with immigration was, we'll allow you to have the waiver, but they have to do the 14-day quarantine. Okay. Uh, when they arrive in the US. Now, when you say EU, are you, are you, are you British passport or, or? I've actually got three. So I have, <laughs> I have, I'm, I'm covered Brexit wise. I have a UK passport, an Irish passport, and a US passport. So that's Wonderful. what I was asking. Well, yeah, I mean, the UK right now doesn't differentiate between citizenship. It doesn't matter where you're coming from, you still have to do your 14 days quarantine. So it's regardless. But yeah, the US, if you read the CDC guidelines, it is recommended. Obviously, the UK is a little tighter when it comes to the requirements because they do require you to fill in an online form before you depart for the UK. And 48 hours before you depart, you can complete it. It's on the gov.uk website. And you have to list where you're staying, your contact details. And they, do, they have reached out to some people. Very few people have said they've received a call or a text message, but they do have the right to come and visit you to make sure that you are in quarantine. Okay, great. Thanks. Excellent. That's 
Thanks, Eamon. Eamon, thanks so much for joining us. We hope to have you back soon. Okay, Jonathan. So, we talked about aeroplanes. Everyone loves to jump on a plane. Some people like to get on a cruise ship. What on earth? I think really my understanding is everyone is concerned about it's not so much getting on a cruise ship, but it's getting off of one if there's an outbreak on it. Yep. What's your understanding? What kind of measures are being taken to kind of like avoid those kind of things happening? You can't avoid it because it's like if there's a stomach flu outbreak on a cruise ship, they tend to not let people get off. This is similar or worse. You know, what kind of procedures can people be prepared for? Well, I myself, big cruiser, take the kids and uh, my wife, Michelle, on a cruise every year. This year we were booked in September. We received a notification from Royal Caribbean that our cruise had been canceled and they were offering us either full refund or they were offering us 120% value if we kept it as a voucher. Now, you know, our intention is we do want to go back on a cruise at some stage. So we went with 120% because that obviously adds a lot of value. But we personally are looking at, you know, next year. Uh, We're not looking at anything this year. Some cruise lines have taken a step to cancel their operations through the end of this year. So sort of let's start from a, a clean page. Next year, we're going to be back. Some cruise lines, for example, Royal Caribbean, have elected to see what the situation is on a monthly basis, and then they are making the decision to cancel moving forward. So they've just announced again that they're cancelling their cruises. I think it's through uh, September. But I would say that, you know, the cruise lines realise that they have a lot of work to do to get people back on board because people want to feel confident that there are protocols in place. Um, I have to say that being a, a big cruiser myself, I think the cruise lines had already some phenomenal protocols in place. I mean, with regard to They used to check temperature when this first started. They were checking temperature before you boarded. You weren't allowed to come on board if you'd been within certain countries in the last 14 days. And also, you know, cruise lines, uh, HEPA filters, the sort of things you're seeing on aeroplanes. I read an article the other day that said that cruising will become one of the safest forms of tourism in the future. But they're already doing a phenomenal job. I've been on a cruise where everybody got stomach flu on the previous cruise. And all they did was delay our boarding by a couple of hours while they did a, another deep clean of the ship. But at no stage did I question whether or not it was safe to go on the cruise. But it's going to be a while before the cruise lines come back. But when they do, um, you know, I'll, I'll be one of the first in line to, to go on board for sure. Wonderful. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, it's just it's hit everyone uh, in, in a dramatic fashion. And uh, I think it's just that unknown. In the very beginning... Right. They said you were locked down for three months. Everyone, most right. people were paying attention to it. We came out of that and it was like, well, hang on a second. Sure. And now it's like that unknown. And I know people have their lives to get on with. Business has to happen. We have to keep food on the table. And, sure. you know, the travel industry is, is a huge industry. And let's face it, most people love to travel. Mm-hmm. And tra- it's just a, it broadens the mind. It's great for families, Absolutely. individuals, and everybody. It's something new. It's an adventure. Sure. Which brings me to our next question is if people are, you know, chomping at the bit and they want to travel, maybe we could just, you could do an advertisement for yourself, Jonathan, but what resources are available for people wanting to learn more about COVID-19 and travel regulations? They're planning that trip. As you said, James, I'm now responding to more um, Facebook Messenger 
messages than I am emails. So our friends at Brits in LA have kept me busy. And I, I get, while we've been here, two messages just popped up. Actually, two people that can't get on the webinar because they wanted to join. But um, they basically, ah. the Brits in LA have been keeping me very busy. So I like to think that I've become a, a good resource myself, both for giving people latest information related to travel restrictions, but also because obviously we, as a travel management company, we have preferred relationships with the airlines. So for example, BA and Virgin, there's things that we can do that you can't do if you book directly with these airlines. Uh, the other thing is, is, you know, we're available 24-7 and you pick up a phone and you'll get through to an agent immediately, if not myself, because I, I'm on that roster. And the airlines are still struggling. The airlines, you know, they're our partners and we're here to help them. We're here to partner with them. Um, but people are still experiencing long wait times when calling the airlines. You call us and we'll get back to you. If we don't answer the phone immediately, we'll get back to you within, within minutes. I can attest to that. Yeah, so thank you, James. And thank you for being a, a loyal customer of Cornish Travel. We're very grateful for that. Thank you. But the, with regard to resources, the other thing I would recommend people take a look at is, especially if you're going to the UK, is to go to the gov.uk website because there's a ton of information on there that tells you about what the current restrictions are. It's also where you find the online form you need to complete uh, before you travel to the UK that you need to complete within 48 hours. So if you just go to uh, www.gov.uk, there's a plethora of information related to COVID-19 and traveling with COVID-19. And a new site that we've recently come upon, which I think is fabulous, is AI. So it's interactive. It's called Travel 19. So it's www.travel-19.com. And it's interactive. Um, you go on there and it simply asks you three questions. You want to know if your flight will be affected. You'd like to find out about the airline cancellation and refund policy. Or I'd like to travel. Is it possible? And if you click on I'd like to travel, is it possible? It's going to ask you where are you coming from, where are you going to? And then it will present you with the latest information as to what the restrictions are for that country. So it's a fabulous tool. It's linked to a system called Timatic, which is a system that the airlines and travel management companies like ourselves use for the latest information. So it is valid, up-to-date information. And then lastly, IATA, which is the International Air Transport Association, they have a COVID-19 travel regulations map. So if you log on to IATA, so I-A-T-A Travel Center, and that's C-E-N-T-R-E dot com, slash world, it gives you a world map. And when you click on that world map, you, you say, for example, you click on the UK, it will then bring up all of the current travel restrictions for entrance to the UK. So there's a lot of information out there. But again, if it's traveling between the UK and US, give me a call or email me because um, you know, I'm dealing with these questions on a daily basis. That's great, Jonathan. Just for everyone listening, why don't you just clearly say what your number, contact number is and your email sure. address so people hear it now and they'll hear it in the future recording as well. Sure. So it's very, very simple. My email address is Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at Corniche, like the Rolls Royce, C-O-R-N-I-C-H-E dot com. Uh, and then our phone number is 310-854-6000. And that number is manned 24 hours a day. And if you want to speak to me, just tell, tell the person you speak to you want to speak to me. But if not, then you can speak to one of our team who will be happy to assist. No, wonderful. Thank you, Jonathan. 
Very informative. Thank you. Listen, we're coming to the end of the recording. We're a little bit shorter on time today. And I just wanted to give a quick fire kind of like yeah. suggestions for people to listen in who are going to hear it afterwards as well. But just to kind of end it off, we've got two things for you. One, just in a couple of sentences, Jonathan, what is the future of travel looking like to you right now? What can people expect prior to a vaccine and then after a vaccine? Is it just going to go back to normal or is it forever changed? Wow. A couple of sentences. That's going to be a hard one. <laughs> For me, always. But no, the issue or the challenge is, is knowing what it's going to look like, you know, how quickly they're able to get a vaccine out. And obviously, what about people that don't want to take the vaccine? Will they be allowed to travel? Will they not? So I was speaking to somebody the other day. Look at yellow fever. So if you want to go to somewhere in Africa that requires a yellow fever vaccination, they will only let you enter the country if you have your yellow fever vaccination certificate. So clearly that's going to be something for the future whereby you, you will have a COVID-19 certification to say that you have been vaccinated. And to be honest, some airlines are already requiring a COVID-19 testing. Uh, Emirates is a good example. So, you know, this could end up rolling out, but as the vaccine starts coming in, certain airlines may bite the bullet and say, you can only fly with us if you're COVID-19 negative or have had the vaccination. So I think that's going to happen. I think testing is going to be a big thing in, in the coming months prior to any vaccination. And I, I, that's where I'm holding out my hope is that, you know, departure testing and then arrival testing are going to become a thing. It's just it needs to get approval on a governmental level so that they will accept those results at, at the other end. But I think that's honestly the way forward. Airlines will not drop their guard. Just very briefly, most airlines have been what they call fogging their aircraft overnight. And now there's this new technology, which is electrostatic spraying. So they'll go down the aircraft aisle with this electrostatic sprayer. And what that does is actually then it will attach itself to the surface and actually encapsulate the surface. So it's actually a lot more efficient than somebody walking around with a Clorox wipe and a lot quicker as well. And that is not going to change. I mean, that obviously is going to continue even post COVID-19 because we don't want to be caught, I hate to say, with our trousers down. So I don't see that changing. I think the standards of cleanliness will continue. And the airlines are beginning to put less focus on the tight turnaround. So, you know, airlines don't want planes on the ground long. I mean, if they're on the ground, they're not making money. So the airlines, for example, the international carriers tend to have like a two hour turnaround in order to get it back out, say to the UK. But what they're doing now is obviously their focus is safety and their focus is making sure the planes are clean. So you'll start seeing that, you know, maybe those aircraft don't turn around as quickly because number one priority is safety. Jonathan, that's wonderful news. Thank you very much for all of those updates. I just want to make sure um, Annabelle, asked, Annabelle asked for your email. I've responded, but I'm just going to say it out loud one more time. So she's got it from me. Annabelle, Jonathan Cowley's email is Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at Corniche.com. And Corniche is C-O-R-N-I-C-H-E.com. Jonathan at Corniche.com. Jonathan, you are my hero. Thank you very much for giving everyone some great information as always. Okay. Let's make sure we do this again soon. Good morning, everybody. You've been listening to another live webinar event from the British American Business Council here in Los Angeles. 
My name is James Langridge. Good morning. Thank you, James. Thank you, Jonathan.